0: hey welcome to what are you watching i'm alex withrow and i'm joined by nick dostal we're film fanatics and filmmakers and also best friends and we're going to be talking about movies from time to time how you doing there bubba
1: i'm excited man this is a really cool thing yeah i'm glad this is finally happening
0: you have a little backstory you've been on my ass for about two years uh to start a movie podcast and we've talked we've been talking about it on and off, I think, over the course of those two years. And now we're finally settling down and doing it. So it's a big day. It's the first episode. And I got to thinking, since it's our first episode, what better way to have people get to know us and our tastes by ranking our top 10 films of all time? I know these lists can be silly to some people, but I don't know. I think they're fun. And I don't. we haven't really gone over these, which is kind of cool because we're going to be surprising each other a little bit. But we do know each other very well. And I think from what I know of your list they are going to be representative of who we are as people, who we are as filmmakers, so...
1: Yeah, one of the things we talked about that I really liked about it was that it's like, why are these our favorite movies? Because anyone could go down a list and talk about uh, what they think is the best movie ever made. Right. Which is, right. I think, an impossible question. But also, like... Personally, what? why do we love these? What did it do? Because then it opens up good conversation that anyone can have right. about why movies mean something to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kind of trying to connect on the emotion behind it yeah. you know, as opposed to just, you know, the aesthetics of it. So you want to go first? You want me to go first? We'll start at number 10 and go down. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Okay.
1: Oh, man. This is exciting. All it right. Is. So number 10 with a bullet, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. All right. I... I mean, you know how I feel about Hunter S. Thompson. I do. That is, um, I, his writing, to me, it, it just uh, it just brings an energy and an excitement and a funness, I suppose, that I think this movie captures perfectly.
0: No one other than Gilliam can do that movie. I There's no way.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. And you look at the crazy things that he does, like, I don't even know, it's not a pan, it's a... He's just, oh, he's
0: doing, like, Dutch angles. I mean, he's tilting. He's breaking every rule that every you have. rule. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and the
1: performances. <laughs> I, man, like, you just can't get better than those two doing those things. And um, the one thing I find interesting about this movie is that I actually had a connection to the movie before the book. Oh, cool. So I saw this movie, I think I was probably a late teenager, Uh, maybe early 20s I was kind of really just defining my tastes right right. and I there was something about this movie that just came out and then years later I actually read the book and the movie spoke to me more than the book I kept seeing the movie in the book yeah yeah I think it would have been reversed otherwise
0: probably but it's a testament to both yeah absolutely so I like that I didn't know that was going to crack your top 10, but I like that.
1: I didn't know it was either. It was, it was, I was putting it in and I was like, you know, but it's representative of me. Right. Having Hunter in there.
0: So number 10 for me, actually, I don't have too many modern movies on this. This is one of them. Traffic, Steven Mm. Soderbergh, 2000. Oh yeah. Um, Really another, I kind of saw, I saw that when it, when it came out, so it'd have been 14, 15 very formative to me too, kind of what you're talking about. Like, really helped me define how to tell a story in a unique way. Um, favorite ending of the decade to oh, a movie. Yeah. With First of all, with Michael Douglas just easing out, we're here to listen with such empathy, and then Benicio watching the game. Both both tens have Benicio supporting. That's true. That's cool. Look at that. That's cool.
1: Wow. Look at that.
0: All right, number nine.
1: Number nine. Oh, all right. Uh, this I, I'm sure people have different opinions about this one, but Inception.
0: All timer, -timer. number nine. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: This movie, um, it it did something to me from the opening shot of The Water.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a very short shot, but I just immediately got lulled into something. And from that moment on, specifically in the first time I saw it in theaters. Oh, that was what a fucking ride. Oh my God. That movie had me like no other movie ever. Like, I still think about, like, like, bombs could have been going off in the other room, and right. I would have not known. I was so transfixed. Locked in. I was wrapped up in the movie. The um, the music, the ride that it took me on, I didn't once question anything, as many people do with that movie. Yeah. I was like, yup, everything about what's happening. And we, they have to go another level deeper. Right, right. And then at that time, too, I was going through a breakup, and I felt very much like Leo's character feels in that movie.
0: Torn. Just dejected. couldn't let go. Yeah. And it yeah. was,
1: like, too much time. Right. And you're doing whatever you can to deal with that conflict. So right. so from a just a entertainment standard aspect, I was completely hooked. But then an emotional level for me... I still watch that movie now and think of those feelings.
0: You know what's cool about talking about movies like this on an emotional levels because when you distill that movie down, the only reason anything happens in that it's just a dad who wants to get home to his two kids. That's yeah. it. That's the only That's fucking it. reason anything. It's like Jurassic Park. Like the yeah. whole thing is just about him figuring out that he can be a dad. It's like it's really cool to kind of boil movies down and look at them. Yeah. And then he puts all this other cool shit in it. Um, my number nine might be a surprise too. A Place in the Sun, 1951, George Stevens. This is a late addition because Montgomery Clift, favorite actor. Ugh. I love him. My two favorite male performances of all time. Same year. You got Clift and Place in the Sun, Brando and Streetcar. Mm-hmm. Place in the Sun is also like my dad movie. He showed uh. me that when I was young. When he, I mean, he saw that I was taking, I kind of like burned my way through anything semi-contemporary. And he's like, well, let's try jumping back. I still, and I still, I watched it. Damn, I was probably nine or ten. Couldn't believe they can make that in 1951. I mean, it's are talking so about such heavy f- themes. And it still holds up today. I love it. I absolutely love that movie.
1: It does. I actually just watched that movie about two years ago on really? my birthday. Oh, cool. cool. And um, felt the same way. Like, yeah. this holds up. And I think it really asks a lot of questions, too. Is like, how do you really feel about this? Right. Like, what this guy did, yeah, didn't exactly. do. And um, that's also... Uh, Famous acting coach Larry Moss. Yeah, uh, favorite performance from anyone was Montgomery
0: Clift in that. In movie. that movie, yeah. I did not know that. Nope. Okay, very cool. Number eight for you.
1: Number eight, uh, American Psycho.
0: Hell yeah! Oh, dude, this is yeah. all right. I'm not going to tell you my eight. It's not that, but you'll laugh when you figure it out. Oh, but that's awesome. That's awesome. Good choice. Good it, choice.
1: It's a. Uh, it's a. And, and I, there's like a story behind it too, because the first time I saw that movie, it I, it was 2000. It came out, yeah, and it went to blockbuster because right. that's how you did it. And um, I was young. I mean, I don't know how old I must have been in 2000, eighth grade, maybe. Yeah. And I had been seeing, like, mature movies for a long time. So, like, that wasn't it. But for whatever reason, I was not happy with that movie.
0: I remember you said that. Yeah. I
1: hated it. I thought it was just dumb. I thought it was (laughs) um, degrading towards women. Right. I thought it was just such an unpleasant, why would anyone make this? Right. Then I fast forward to when I get to college and I'm starting acting and I'm you know getting new points of view from people i had a friend of mine a roommate and he goes let's watch a movie and it was our like, first time we were going to bond together right and uh he's like let's put on american psycho it's my favorite movie and i go oh fuck this movie <laughs> and he go- and he just looks at me and he goes we're watching it yeah and then he started and then from the opening like c- credits to that conversation that they have around the table right he starts laughing yeah and I go.
0: Oh. You didn't know you could laugh. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know you're supposed yeah. right, to laugh. Exactly.
1: Then that not only did that like change my like perspective of the world. Right. in a lot of ways, but then I just enjoyed that movie so much and it gets better <laughs> with every fucking viewer. Yeah,
0: it does. It's a great satire of exactly what he's depicting. It's yeah. so over the top. Great idea to have Mary Harron directing it. It just and bail. I mean, you're watching you'd already been He already had some good credits to his name, but you're watching a star being born. One of the best performances, I think, of all time. Yeah. Um, Oh, my God. I love that. Um, And one
1: thing I'll just add conversely to um, the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas thing about the book. Yeah. I feel completely the opposite about American Psycho. Yeah. The book holds up so well that I separate the two. Like, the book is the book, the movie's the movie, and they're both fantastic
0: and he ellis seems content with that my favorite author bradyson ellis he seems content that they're different yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I think that's good i was laughing because my number eight is just regular old psycho ah. Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> so if i had to have a dad movie Place in the sun psycho's my mom movie that was just i'm we watched I, countless times i mean countless i love everything about that anthony perkins probably my favorite like villainous performance of all time I don't, not much more than needs to be said about that. Just, you know, that hasn't been said already, but I fucking love Psycho. Everything about it.
1: Now, let me ask this, though, because, like, in, in thinking about how close it is really to your mom. Yeah. Is, would you say that's your favorite Hitchcock movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so it fits the boat.
0: Yeah, it does. And that's a fair question, because sometimes, di- sometimes it is different. Like, my favorite Malcolm X movie, favorite, is He Got Game. But yeah. I think his best movie, oh, Jesus, Spike Lee movie, <laughs> is he got game. I think his best movie is Malcolm X. So Malcolm X didn't direct any movies, folks. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it it can change. I mean, I I love Hitchcock. I made my way through his entire filmography a few years ago, had a blast doing it. But yeah, Psycho 8, anytime. It's definitely one of my most watched movies of all time as well. All right, seven for you.
1: Oh man, this is when I know that we have the same. Oh boy. The Deer Hunter.
0: Yes, we do. Well, maybe... So that's seven for you. Well, I'll just jump ahead. That's six for me. Oh, so we're only off by one. Yeah. Well, you go first. Oh man. What a film. Yeah.
1: This movie, uh, this movie, it's, it, it, uh, I don't think there was a, a movie that I had ever seen that, um, made me fear the human, uh, brutality, like the nature of how, weird depraved sadistic and violent humans can be yeah uh, that that roulette scene oh yeah you watch that from start to finish that whole entire part is i don't know how they filmed that
0: you're in there with them well apparently they had live rounds in the fucking gun they like checked it every time to make sure that wasn't going to be the one that pulled but apparently Chimino put live rounds in it that's always been i don't know if that's true that's But just, you can feel that you tension can feel that yeah. tension. And another thing about that scene that doesn't get talked about a lot, when De Niro's trying to get them up, he's like, we got to get more bolts on yeah. the gun, he's trying to get them up. There's a brief scene when he starts crying, yeah. and he's like, we got it." and he's yep. being the strong one, but he just breaks down, and that, that movie shows that we all have our breaking points. And, like, yeah, you can either be, what is it, Steve in the in the well mm-hmm. with the rats, or you can be walking who can barely keep his head up and then or you can be de niro and try to fight back i don't know
1: and you can understand all of them and i think you kind of feel like even though like you know god forbid you're ever in a situation like that um who you can honestly be like what would i do right who would i be here and then also just i want to talk about the um opening of that movie the length of the um Day-to-day. Yeah. Like, you know, there's this whole entire theory in terms of writing where, you know, what's different about today? Right. That, that should start at a certain point, and this movie defies that, and I think a most wonderful way because you're setting up this community, this town, these characters, this is who they are, these blue-collar people, and this wedding is the last time we they will ever see happiness like this again
0: yeah it's the last time everyone's innocent
1: it's yeah. Yeah, yeah and 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 like you're and i'm wondering the first time i saw it i was like this is just going on for way too long but i'm i like being here i feel like i'm with them yeah and then you realize oh cause it's it's never coming back
0: right exactly it also makes you care about them a lot more to sure understand does. Them. so my yeah my comments on the deer hunter would be most disturbing movie i've ever seen still mm-hmm. to this day mm-hmm. i saw that Again, when I was like around when I was 10, so maybe it might sound a little like a little too young and I didn't like it because it just disturbed me so much yeah. and then it wouldn't leave my head for years. So I watched it again and now it's in there forever and I absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's a also a great pick.
1: Weirdly, uh, one of those movies that if it ever just pops on, I, I watch it. Yeah.
0: It draws you in. Yeah. For I, sure.
1: I, no matter where it is. And it's long too. So yeah. if it's from the beginning, I'm like, I guess this is my afternoon. Yeah.
0: I'm stuck. So that was your seven. That was my seven. So let me do... So then my seven is Deliverance, John Borman, 1972. Oh. I love it. Scariest movie I've ever seen. And it's not... It's not... I don't say it's the scariest just because of that scene. It's It's what that scene represents, that you're out having a good time with your friends. It's like one of the last... Talk about innocence lost. Right. I mean, everything's just fine. Nothing's going wrong. And then in an instant... Just cause you pulled your canoe over in the wrong place, your entire world changes. All of them. One of you's gonna end up dead, the other's barely hanging on, and the other two are just gonna be tortured for the rest of their lives. And it's like, oh God, it's it just what that movie and I I actually rewatched it recently. And it's just still, the ride of it still works. It still totally works. I oh, I love it, but terrifying.
1: It's terrifying. And you're right, though. The decision to pull over the canoe wasn't a bad decision. No, not
0: at all. They get lost. For, they get separated from the other group. Mm-hmm. My favorite Zoom shot of all time when Void has his, when he's, you know, got his neck tied up. Oh, no, they let him down. And he's kind of breathing. And then he sees Bert uh-huh. kind of pulling the arrow back. And we, boom, punch right into him. Um, It was weird to watch that with Bert gone, you know having him having died recently yeah because yeah. that was man talk of star making performance like god he's the ultimate man
1: especially yeah actually for that time yeah that,
0: and then that's what's so cool about it is that he gets taken out like he's yeah. the ultimate dude the ultimate badass who's going to save the day and then he has that open fracture on his leg and now you know kind of dad bod john Voigt guy has yeah. to go up there who isn't really used to roughing it yeah <laughs> great book too great great book how
1: old were you when you first saw it
0: there's, I, I was going to get to this in the end. There's a lot of these on here that I saw around like 9 or 10 years old. Cause yeah. I was really starting. I've been, I've been in love with movies since birth. I don't know why they've just been in there. It's you. It's who yeah. you are. And that's when I started really challenging myself. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there are a few on this list. And that's one of them that I saw at a very young age and was disturbed by. But when this is how I get that, this is like I'm watching pure cinema right now as opposed to. Power Rangers, which I watched too, but yeah. you know, there was a difference. Um, okay.
1: So then six for you, six, uh, th- this was one that was tough to not put in my top five closer.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew that was going to be on your yeah. top 10. I forgot. Yeah. I mean, one of, i just script writing performances. Oh, great.
1: Everything. It, 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 even now talking about it, it takes my breath away that, Yeah. That I've seen that movie so many times. Um, and I saw it at, at, at uh, Really, when I was just starting in college, because the play came out in, um, it was a, it's a it was a fairly contemporary play, yeah. Like the late nineties, I think. Because um, Clive
0: Owen played Jude Law's part in the play, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah,
1: and um and Mike Nichols, who I think is the best director at taking theater mm-hmm. and um translating them into film adaptations. Yeah, yeah. it's I'd such agree. a tricky thing to do. Very. And he, his record is almost flawless.
0: That movie never feels blocked or staged. No. And it, there's such long scenes, but it just, it just, it works. It just yeah. works. That's a really good point. He re, he could be the best, like, theater to film yeah. adapter. Yeah. Oh,
1: man. And, and I remember um, there was a maturity about that movie in terms of um, relationships. Because, you know, being late teens, early 20s, You haven't really experienced this yet. Right. But I was like, man. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. And I'm like, I understand this. I don't know how, but I just, I I, I get this.
0: That is a perfect way to describe it. I I think I had the exact same reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, love isn't going to be all fairy tales and butterflies. It's going to be tough.
1: All right. So number five, uh, Clockwork Orange.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Great choice. And, this uh, I'm not yeah. going to spoil it, but man, that's another similarity we have that we'll get to. Yeah, great choice. Great it, choice. And it's, Why is that your favorite Kubrick?
1: So it's my favorite Kubrick um, because this movie changed everything for me. Okay. When I Game first changer. saw it, yeah. I there was like life before with Clockwork Orange right. and life after. I had never been challenged by a movie quite yeah. like that. Um I mean, just, I mean, you talk about the production design, like taking that book and trying to make a, a right. movie of that with the language, yeah. the world, the weird, like all of, the, I mean, that movie is just like a, a visual, um, like this mindfuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you get into the um, the headspace. Right. of This guy who is just the most terrifying and like I've never hated A character so much to the point where I almost turned off the movie.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And then he goes through what he goes through. And then to come on the other side, and now I am sympathizing. Right, exactly. Deeply. And then for all this to be happening, it was so confusing.
0: Yeah, it's such a challenging movie in that way.
1: And when I was left with the movie ending, especially with that ending.
0: That's one of my favorite endings of any movie ever.
1: And it's just a complete mindfuck. But I will say, as much as that is my favorite Kubrick movie, it's not my favorite uh, re-watchable Kubrick movie.
0: What would be your one on that? They all... I've probably seen Eyes Wide Shut the most. Yeah, you've honestly. seen that? I love Eyes it Wide does does Shut. It does get
1: better with each viewing. Yeah. Um, the Shining gets yeah. better. Full Metal yeah. Jacket also gets better they with each one. They all fucking hold up. The, like, 2001. Just
0: 2001 holds up. They all hold up.
1: Um, in this, and Clockwork Orange does it still oh, holds yeah, up? Yeah. But for, for sure. some reason, I, I kind of feel like with Kubrick, who is my favorite director yeah. in, in terms of rewatchability, um, that one, I, I I get more out of the other ones. Right. Maybe because I got so much out of this I the that. first time, there was like, oh okay, I've totally I, I squeezed all that there is out of here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so number five for me. Definitely my most contemporary one on my list. Shame. Oh, Steve I McQueen, know. 2011. This is, this is it. This, I mean. You, we're best friends so you hear me talk about this all the time but to know me is to know that i love this movie yeah. and i've never stopped talking about it since i I, n- I remember the fucking date i saw it i remember where i was oh man aesthetically
1: what was it what was the date
0: it was um december 11th 2011 at the e street theater in washington dc i, love I that. remember very very love well <laughs> and um aesthetically this movie feels tailor-made to my taste every shot composition every editing cut the performances my favorite performance of that decade Michael Fassbender um and more than any other film this influenced my own filmmaking absolutely and it's I mean the patience of it like I could talk about it endlessly and I have on my blog I've talked about it a lot but yeah that that one is in my heart for sure
1: yeah yeah I remember when we started with uh uh, my short film, "There I Go," yeah, and we were talking about some of the lookbook, yeah, things. And I had a jazz singer, right, and I put in like the lookbook of shame from yeah. Gary Mulligan, yeah, and you lost it. You oh, yeah, like, I was like, there we go, we're gonna be okay. And that's how
0: I treat. So if you Nick wrote, directed, starred, produced in a movie, "There I Go," um, in 2000, we filmed in 2015, yep. came out in 16, and I shot and edited it. And there's a big kind of key sequence in a jazz club in your film and we definitely use that as yep. the template absolutely I, mean, I changed the lighting a little bit I carrie mulligan's very warm and i made mm-hmm. i made our our scene blue but yeah it, it was a complete influence on it absolutely. almost like a rip but yeah so that's that's i love watching there i go to see the influence yeah. of it. it's funny
1: and people think
0: that too like yeah i've gotten like, a like, few it times shame feelings oh from hell, that. Yeah. i'm like good fucking a <laughs> um five for you
1: uh, well now I'm on four.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, sorry, duh.
1: Duh. So four uh Terminator two judgment day.
0: Hell yeah, yes. man. And you know, it's like that that's gotta be in my top five certainly action movies of all time. Yeah. But I think I saw that when it came out young, but why what does that do for you?
1: It uh so when I was similar to you, um, my mom let me start watching movies that I probably, well, I don't know, shouldn't have been watching at right. an age. Um but it's a she, different time different it's time. It's different now, yeah. But she was always very clear. I was a mature kid, so yeah. she was always like, you know, if this doesn't scare you and you don't start swearing, you don't start right. like Don't you know, replicating yeah yeah, yeah yeah. Understand that this is make believe. Right. But I was attracted to more adult stories. Me too. And um but in growing up it was just me and my mom. So um having this idea in this movie of a mother separated from her son yeah and have and my mom was a strong and is a strong mom and so was um, Sarah Connor's character yeah. Linda Hamilton and um, so I really felt that right and then I also grew up without a father yeah so seeing this man this like uh, and, and finding like this emotion, of um, this father figure in this, and, and then not just to mention like that, but the the movie's story is awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a badass it's, movie. It's, it's so good. It's, everything about the movie is perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect movie. And so that movie, still to this day, I start from beginning to end. I cry. Yeah, that thumbs up that, that Arnold crying. gives yeah. at the end, and I and I still relate to it on all of those childhood feelings as I did then as I do now and it holds up.
0: You know it's a really good indicator of how that movie resonates with you so deeply is because you said you grew up without a father figure and you were like watching this man yeah. and that dude isn't even a fucking man He's not in the even movie. a man He's a goddamn robot Yo, so that's it, like what exactly. yeah yeah that's <laughs> it, yeah that's what these movies can do to us. Yeah. Um so when you mentioned Clockwork Orange, I started laughing. That's because my number four is 2001 A Space oh. Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. I and I was being a little cagey because that's this is definitely the one I've watched the most. Like, yeah. Eyes Wide Shuts a close second, but Craft, Steven Spielberg described Kubrick that way, said he was the best kind of craftsman of film. I agree. This is the best crafted movie I've ever seen. I think everything is perfect and fucking mesmerizing from first frame to end. Top five movie going experiences of all time. Seeing this in the Arclight Cinerama in Hollywood. Did you you ever get to do that? Yes, I did. Jesus. I mean, that's when that was the I saw. God, I must have been like 29. And I never realized like why there was three, two, three minutes of music over a black screen in the beginning of that. It was for the overture. Like when theaters used to have curtains and they would be playing that. It's like everyone take your seats. And they did that. So you got the full experience of it. That was yeah, I mean, I like, I wept when I would seen it. I've seen this movie, I don't know, fifty times, and I saw that in the theater and just wept because I'm like, it's so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, so 2001, all the way. It it it's so good. Yeah. It's, um, and and in for 1969,
1: was that 68, the year? 68. Yeah. 68? Yeah. I mean, that movie looks better than any movie does today.
0: Well, so uh, yes, I agree, and I have a theory about this. I mean, can we? I, you know, people disagree with me strongly on this, but the miniatures to me just look better. The practical yeah. effects look better than the CGI. I mean, I do. Yeah. I know there's, it looks artificial and everything, but I don't know. Maybe that's. Old man stuff talking, but it just looks better to me.
1: I think it does too. Yeah, and I think there's something very human about it, even though like you can tell like the apes are dressed, and yeah. like they're yeah. the humans doing it, right? But that almost even speaks to what the movies' questions and themes are putting out there, right? You know, what is man, and you yeah. know, and so I don't know. In that way, it all works. But you're right, though. Like aesthetically, that movie it it it, it defies all sorts of ideas of what can and should look.
0: Totally how it agree. Does. All right. Number three for you.
1: Oh, man. Love this movie with all my heart. Cool Hand Luke.
0: Hell yeah. That I think uh, I'm glad. Well, so far, we at least have one crossover uh, deer hunter. But Cool Hand Luke was really close to making my cut. Yeah. It just everything about it. Love it. Perfect.
1: It just um, I never uh, felt that way about a protagonist. Yeah. Or, and he's an anti hero, I suppose. Yeah. kind um, of. Yeah. But I love Paul Newman. Oh my, just, my favorite. That's
0: my favorite Newman. Top, it's got to
1: be top three favorite actors of all time. Yeah. And um, I mean, there there is just something going on in him. Who are you as a man? Right. And I feel like that that question comes up a lot for me, a lot with certain things that like I'm like trying to write or things that I'm trying to express in that movie. Like it, it just you're on this ride with him. Yeah. And he's so cool. Like oh no, no pun intended. He is though but he really is. And I've just never felt, um, I've never fallen in love with a character as much as him. And then all the other
0: guys. Yeah. There's great. You got young Dennis Hopper in there, Harry Dean Stanton. The, yeah.
1: The camaraderie. Um, and, uh, and I love the cinematography. Yeah.
0: Great. Loved. It. Um, did it, I don't know if it Conrad Ella Hall though. He yeah. did American beauty road to perdition. He, I think he won for that I th- either that or maybe one for Butch Cassidy, but yeah, I mean, great. That, yep. uh, the saturation of the colors, it's like perfect.
1: And the opening shots of um, the first thing you see are the meters. Yeah. Where it the says ripping the heads up. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you I for the movie and the story that we're about to see, right? You can't, you know. Great intro. This is a guy who just for every sense of what he should be doing right. goes against it. Go to the box.
0: Yeah. Oh, bro. Um okay, number three. There has to be a Bergman, Ingmar Bergman, my favorite filmmaker, and my favorite film of his is Persona, 1966. Um, my favorite mindfuck movie of all time. It's 80 minutes long. I've spent 10 years trying to figure it out, and I just love it. I eat it all up. It's There is shit in that movie that should not work. Maybe it doesn't for some people, but it does for me. Like The same monologue being delivered twice yeah. back to back, yes. like just Love five that. minute monologue cut to a different angle. Same monologue again. I, yeah, I, I absolutely adore that movie. Completely indebted to it. Changed the way that I looked at movies. Cause I saw that whew, I must've been, I was probably 21 or 22 and yeah. it kind of rewrote everything.
1: You introduced me to Bergman. Yeah. And I yeah. had no idea what I got myself into. Right, right. And um, Persona was one of the ones I actually caught later and i think i called you immediately yeah. and i was like dude
0: this- <laughs> what was that it was awesome. i was floored <laughs> yeah.
1: that monologue she gives um uh the uh the beach yes yeah yeah wow one of the best pieces of writing
0: yeah it just is it's so simple and her delivery of it is so perfect and then live almonds just like listening and you're like jesus and you're there for it yeah and, and yeah. you're
1: feeling it and it's erotic and it's right. weird and Very, it's yeah it's it, it, it does everything it
0: does it's crazy um number two for you
1: uh number two one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah
0: yeah favorite jack
1: favorite jack yeah. and I he's mean, your and favorite actor he's my yeah, favorite he's guy and yeah. and uh this is what I wrote for it and it's true this movie is the movie that lets me know I'm alive there you go um yeah I this movie takes me through every single emotion that there is and I live it fully yeah when I laugh I laugh with everything when I'm angry Nurse Ratchet. oh I get so angry and and um it just goes through everything and then also too I know I talked about it already but um my relationship with my dad, yeah, um, I found out after he had passed, uh, I was asking my mom like, you know, what were his favorite movies? because he just liked comedies. He wasn't yeah. really um, a, a film guy. He, he likes silly comedies, but this was one of his favorites, and so I watched this after he had passed, because I was like, I wonder what's going on. Like, And had you seen it before? I'd never seen it.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Wow. So I was like, okay, let, let's see what's going on, and I feel like I understood my dad yeah. on another yeah. level, because I knew how he felt, and like, there's something going on in this movie that was going on in him right. that resonated, and it resonated with me, and I have no idea what it is. Right. Um, But I love that. Yeah. I I love that. Great Great movie. And also just a little note of um, the look that Jack has, spoiler alert, when um, he lets the girls into the window. Yes. And he has the chance to leave. Yes. Yes. And he doesn't for uh, the sake of the other inmates. Yeah. And he sits down and he's happy with his decision because he feels like he did good. Right. But then the camera just slowly zooms in on him and he realizes in that moment he's never getting out of here. Right.
0: Yep. I know exactly what you're fucking talking and about. Then, yeah.
1: Like that. There's like a moment of panic. Right. There's a moment of realization and acceptance. Yeah. And it all is in within like 30 seconds.
0: I don't know who said it. I, I say this all the time, but someone said the best thing special effect in cinema is watching an actor change his or her mind and it's true that's it's like you're it's all it takes you don't need words because you can write a really good monologue for that but you just watch a great film star like a complete icon going through that in 30 seconds great call number two pulp fiction quentin tarantino all-timer definitely the movie i've seen the most i wouldn't even dare to say how many times i know I, it's hugely influential. The first movie I saw that was told out of order. Didn't even know you were allowed to do that. I saw this when I was like nine. Um, still the coolest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Funniest movie I've ever seen. Nothing makes me laugh harder. Like what scene in I love particular? It. What, laugh? Oh, my yeah. God. Because I know you
1: how much you quote that movie.
0: She, I mean... The thing about it, he puts in, obviously, so many pop culture references. But, I mean, when you see that movie at 9, I don't know what the hell Flock of Seagulls is. I didn't know yeah. there was a band. So, when Samuel Jackson's like, you, Flock of Seagulls, yeah. like, tell my man where you got the shithead at. It's like, <laughs> what is that? And then I discover this band, Flock of Seagulls, and then it makes it funny. I mean, everything. I love the whole conversation about the pilot. Like, I don't watch TV. Well, you, yeah. all, you are aware that there's a thing that shows shows, right? I mean, it's just... Um, fucking lance sitting there eating cereal not answering the phone like yeah. god damn it lance answer <laughs> um and then everything i mean it's yeah. just everything is so grade a funny to me and um here's an interesting fact he was so heavily influenced by deliverance which helped inform the rape scene but also helped inform why they were hicks like yeah. the cop you know zed why he's a why he's a redneck oh, and I kind of why he has a country that. accent yeah because he was influenced by that was deliverance like, that that's doesn't really cool yeah doesn't explain the gimp but i mean yeah. <laughs> there's because the, you pull on any thread of that movie it's like tell me this gimp story you know to, i mean go down any road like to, how did marcellus wallace get to where he is yeah I mean, go down any avenue and it's just but what he presents is yeah it's it's just it's an apex for me i absolutely love that movie
1: that's a great point, because with all those characters, I think Quentin does that so well, where Eddie character, it's like, where do they come from? W- yeah. Where do they go if they survive? Mm-hmm. And, um. What
0: the fuck was Vincent Vega's childhood like? Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, like, the how did that guy get to where he is?
1: Yeah. And it, it's, and, and they should never be answered. Right. Because what no. you'll do no, in no. your head is so much better than, like, oh, yeah. I don't know, well, maybe Quentin could write something. Right. Like. <laughs> right.
0: All right, drum roll. Number oh. one. All right. Here we are. We've arrived. Number one.
1: You know this. I do. Blow. Yep. Yep. Johnny I think Depp. it's a
0: really spirited number one. It's, it's not something you necessarily expect, but I love it. And so tell me why.
1: So, this uh, again, speaking to um, the time in my life when I saw it, I had just started college and I was just throwing myself into acting. And I knew this was what I was going to do with the rest of my life. So I was just taking in so much. Yeah. And I loved my college experience. The people, my friends, um, the uh, teachers, the directors, everything about that, I had found myself. And so when I saw this movie and we move into the first like 60s era where he's selling weed on on Manhattan Beach and the look, the styles, the music, um, the way it's shot. I'm, I'm I'm realizing I go wow this is an era of this guy's life. Yep. And I'm in an era of my life. Mm-hmm. I could feel it. I can think to those those college days and think of the smells, think right. of like the feelings, the colors, the people and then it just like in that movie it changes. Yeah. And people come and go mm-hmm. and certain people stay. You don't know who in your life but like that's how it goes and I and I started realizing I go this movie to me Speaks to what life really is. Interesting. And I love Johnny Depp in it. I think he's just so good. The yeah. music, the um, the score of that movie, the guitar, one of my, uh, and, and at the end, too, with uh, Johnny Depp and the girl, when he's like, you're the only thing that ever meant anything to yeah. me, still gets me
0: yeah I, I i love a sequence toward the end of that that no one talks about like when he's walking her to and from school yeah. and then you just see penelope cruz in like that awful 80s tracksuit oh. like smoking and it's like this was all for nothing like yeah. you both are just totally fucking down and out and can't even take care of this girl you used to your live in like this twenty thousand square foot house you had all these cars yeah doing blow out of suitcases like on your way to your wife's to give birth like yeah and now it's It was just all for nothing. It's like, it's what's, what was the point? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and that speaks to like, you know, uh, like that's that, that type of life. Yeah. You know, um, you decide to go do something like that, then probably it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. But that also like the heart of it is still there. You can still bypass all of that and realize, you know, there's a guy who just ultimately cares about being a dad. Right. And, um, and he fucks it up. He fucks it all up. He does.
0: A few other things I like about that movie that people don't talk about a lot. Leota. Leota. He's a fucking beast in it. Oh, God. I love Leota. I love the how he's aged so badly at the end and the shaking when he's listening to the recording. That's um, a
1: devastating scene. Yeah.
0: It, I mean, it really is. Just everything about it. Um, Ted to me, you know, sad. Really mm-hmm. sad that we lost him. I think watching that movie, I think it's unquestionably his best. I, and th- most yeah. confident, Personally. but and I yeah, and I liked a lot of his movies. I like the ref, but I love the ref. Yeah, yeah, but it's it was just sad because watching that, you're like, man, this guy could have fucking gone yep. and like done really cool things. Um, great pick for number one.
1: There's one also moment, acting moment that um, I, I I still every time I see it, it just gets me. It's it's when uh, the end when um, they pull the last job. Yeah. And we as the audience have now re- been revealed that these guys are setting him up.
0: When he, when he goes you know, like, he goes to the bathroom, bathroom yeah. and
1: the camera pans. And you're like, and oh, find shit. Out. And then he comes back, and he's just so happy, yeah. like, relieved that it's finally over one last job. Right. And then he's like, where's my
0: fucking knife? And Whoops. he just
1: looks, and he just realizes, and he just has this, he just goes,
0: oh. And what does he say? He's like, let's do it? Yeah, then yeah. he's just like,
1: let's do it. But that no that yeah. comes out of him. It has everything. I gambled too
0: much, it, it, man. It's just... House and, wins. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Brutal. All right. Yes, yes. Number one, this will be no surprise to you or if anyone's ever checked out my blog, Taxi Driver. Yeah. Martin Scorsese. It's got to be. Uh, my favorite kind... This has been my favorite movie for damn near two decades. My favorite kinds of movies, although I will give any film a shot. I don't care what it's about are character studies. Mm-hmm. Walking around, you're following someone, yeah. you don't have much context, you're stuck in their mind, you're voyeur in their life. Taxi Driver is the best movie I've seen like that. Yeah. I've, we kind of have hints as to why he is the way he is, the great Travis Bickle, but we don't, we don't have full context. And I mean, anytime it's brought up in conversation, anytime it comes on, it's like, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. I love it. I love mm-hmm. everything about it. I, th- I think it speaks to where, where that city was at the time that I mean you watch that it's like a blueprint of scuzzy New York it doesn't even look the same yeah. I, not even it does, it looks like a foreign country compared to the way that looks now so number 1 and, all-timer and, so, and so
1: many of those things too are so um relevant today. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right though the aesthetic of New York City has changed but the world we're living in the um the things that are going on Travis Bickle could easily yeah be out there right now right exactly thinking the same type of things the loneliness right the, um despair with the world around him mm-hmm. it doesn't change no and and uh and it's scary and but that's so it's also very human
0: yeah it is yeah okay well that was it we did it first episode top 10 films of all time um the name of the podcast is what are you watching and we we came up with that because that's kind of like It's a really common question now, like how's the traffic, how's the weather, like what are you watching? I find that it usually, like, you know, you haven't seen someone in a couple weeks or something or haven't talked to them in a couple weeks. That's what people are throwing out as a question to get the conversation started. I typically find that people will go to TV and they'll talk about what streaming the show they're watching. We probably won't be doing that a lot, but (laughs) we are going to end every episode with something we've been watching recently, something we want to see. Take it as a recommendation if you want. Um, I'll go first. So My, what I've watched recently, The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Louis Bunuel. Yeah. You don't know that one? I don't even know what that is. Okay. He did, did you see like Unchained Andalou where like the woman's eye gets cut open with a razor blade Mm -hmm. from like 1927 Mm -hmm. or 29? That was a calf's eye, by the way. He um, and Dolly made that together, but he was, he's a great absurdist, surrealist. The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie is about, it won Best Foreign Film 1972 and it's about something as simple as a group of people who can never sit down and have a meal to oh. eat. They just can't. They like don't. Something always happens. So it's a farce. But like they, they, they're getting ready to eat and then soldiers will bust in and like interrupt them. Um, he made another movie somewhat similar to, similar to this called The Exterminating Angel about a group of people who can't leave a room. You may know this because bear with me here In midnight in paris owen wilson runs into a guy playing louis spoonwell and he's like you should make a movie about a bunch of people who can't leave a room and then owen wilson just walks away so yeah Yeah. so that's like what the exterminating angel so oh that's so cool yeah i've i'm making a very conscious effort in 2020 to dig through the criterions a little more get on the criterion collection app as opposed to trying to stay away from some of the modern water cooler streaming shows Mm -hmm. which are fun but they don't resonate with me as long so yeah if you're looking for some old and fun to put on older you know it's a great one
1: that's awesome yeah what about you any recommendation uh right now i'm on a big tom hardy kick oh okay so i'm kind of going through um all the movies i have seen from him and ones that i haven't yeah so there's two that i have not yet seen um one i watched in the plane here uh legend okay um which is cool. I like it, and it, it's it's you're just it's a Tom Hardy show. Yeah, double. You're, yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally, and um and both of those characters that he plays are are so so interesting to watch. Yeah, um and then I have a plane uh, a movie downloaded for the plane ride back. Um I, I never saw Lawless.
0: Lawless well, is good, and you like LaBeouf, So you will like that, yeah. and look, that's like the movie that like really started. I think to fuck LaBeouf up. Like he went, he was drunk for a lot of it. Yeah, he was I've really heard the scary. stories. Yeah, yeah, like he's. Um, Gary Oldman's in it. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Yeah, that's good call. I'll be interested to hear what you think about that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. First episode in the books. We did it. Thank you for listening. Listening. We're gonna uh, keep rocking and rolling, making more episodes. All right. Take care, everyone. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can check out my flicks and my movie blog at alexwithrow.com nicholasdostal.com is where you find all of nick's film work nicholas ali does the music for our show i've made a few music videos with nick he's a great guy and we love his tunes big thank you to him if you have any questions or comments please email us at WhatAreYouWatchingPodcast@gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com next episode we're going to break down our favorite movies of the 2010 decade fun stuff stay tuned